Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Remember your childhood fears? We all had something that scared us to death. If you love talking with your friends about these memories, then you are going to love Snarled's newest podcast, Scaredy Chat. Join our hosts, Monica Sariagi and Caitlin Riley, on Monday, May 10th, for the launch of the scariest and funniest moments of your lives on Scarity Chat. Mexican culture has a strong connection to the dead. They have deep roots in their beliefs of the supernatural world. These beliefs have evolved over centuries of their experiences with ghosts and spirits. While these and stories from other countries can be fun stories to share, we must never forget those who have suffered to teach us these lessons. If we don't heed the lessons, history will be doomed to repeat itself and cause more legends and murderous lore. First, an old and malevolent hospital, followed by a Ouija board that summons murder. Then a dance that leads straight to hell. Finally, in our featured story, a love so deep it burns. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. And if you love our work, help support what we do on Patreon.com. We're trying to keep our ad volume low, so your support will make that possible. So, want to hear something scary? Mexican legends and murderous lore. We live in a medically advanced society with cures to more illnesses than ever before. But... 
If we forget those in the past who had to suffer for our gain, they will find a way to make us remember. Like in this story, inspired by true events told by Anna. The Mexican state of Jalisco was where some of the first settlers in the country called home. And by the 1800s, the city had one of the largest hospitals in Mexico and the only one on the West Coast. So people came from miles around seeking medical attention. At the helm of the hospital was Dr. Jose Mendoza. He was called a genius and a man ahead of his time. He created new ways of healthcare that we still use today, sometimes at too great a cost. So years later, as a medical student in California, when I got the opportunity to visit the hospital, I jumped at the chance. The old hospital was dilapidated, but still standing. The brand new hospital was a stone's throw away. My first day there, I visited the new hospital with all its bells and whistles, but I couldn't wait to tour the old hospital, especially where Dr. Mendoza had done his research. But when I expressed my excitement, I noticed a lot of the staff seemed surprised at my enthusiasm. Finally, my tour guide, Manuel, explained to me that Dr. Mendoza didn't exactly honor the oath to do no harm that doctors take. In fact, many stories purported that the old hospital was haunted, haunted by the hundreds of ghosts from Mendoza's long residency. It was rumored to be the reason they built the new structure in the first place. They said that the doctor would roam the old hospital halls, looking for patients to perform experiments on, still desperate to innovate, even in death. Those caught in the hospital at night after the doctor's death would wake to find cuts and bruises on their bodies. Even stranger, some people complained that scars appeared on their bodies that had never been there before. Not wounds, but old scars, as if they received some long-forgotten surgery. I assumed all of this was folklore and laughed it off. That's when Manuel told me he could show me, but it would have to be after hours. Nervous and thrilled, I agreed. My day at the new hospital ended, and Manuel and I snuck off to the old hospital. At first, he showed me what he showed all the curious students. A few rooms, the ER, and a wall of the old framed photos of the staff and patients, including a pretty creepy one of Dr. Mendoza. Then he took me downstairs, which had no light. With our cell phones, we were able to see down a corridor. It was taped off, but Manuel moved under the tape and I followed. At the end of the hall was a heavy door on a slider. He slid it to the right and a cool breeze blew by, wafting a dank stench. I don't want to be here long, Manuel said. As I walked in, there was an exam table in the center and a workspace nearby. Several of his instruments were still laid out, which works well in a horror movie, but in reality, none of this stuff should have still been there. It was like a tomb no one wanted to touch. Manuel was standing in the corner, looking down. 
I followed his eyeline and saw a row of hooks bolted to the wall. He explained it's where Mendoza used to chain up people for the experiments. The torture. No way, I thought. But as I shined the light on the wall, I could see it was stained a ruddy red, which was impossible given the age of the facility. Then, one by one, they appeared. Scratch marks. Thousands of them. The markings of nails clawing at the wall, heading toward the door. The patients must have scratched their fingers to the bone. I jumped as a loud noise suddenly came from behind the workbench. Manuel looked at me with a fear-stricken face. Run, he whispered. We ran as fast as we could through the corridor. Manuel waved me through the threshold of the sliding door as he tried to shut it. I just kept running and heard him groan in pain as the slider door slammed shut. I finally looked back and Manuel was steps behind me. We ran faster up the stairs and out of the hospital. Manuel begged me not to tell anyone, as showing anyone that place was forbidden. I promised him and then went to my hotel room, shaken. The next morning I woke up, prepared to head back for more research. But as I stood in the mirror, I noticed a mark on my stomach. It resembled a scar you would get from a surgical incision. A wave of dread overwhelmed me as I remembered the rumors about the old hospital. Suddenly, my phone rang, and I knew things were about to get much worse. I was told that Manuel died in the middle of the night. They said the cause was unknown, but I knew. It was the spirit of Dr. Mendoza. I hung up the phone and booked a flight home leaving Mexico and the medical career behind forever. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing your true events with us to inspire this story. Have you, listener, ever been someplace haunted before? Would you dare go into an old hospital? If you have, what kind of spirits did you encounter? Tell us your stories at something scary at snarl.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. 
connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. When you treat the afterworld like your own personal game, you will lose. As in this story inspired by Isaac. Paola and her cousins Christina and Lucia were having a sleepover and playing with a Ouija board that night. The Ouija board is a board with all the letters of the alphabet, along with C and No written on it, yes or no. Two or more people would use a planchette or a pointer to slide across the board, and with the spirit's influences on the planchette, gain insights about the world beyond. You can buy Ouija boards at any toy store or make your own. The cousins sat outside on the patio, taking advantage of the darkness to set the creepy mood. To take things to the next level, the three teenagers decided to put a drop of their blood on the planchette, so they pricked their fingers with a needle and touched it. The planchette seemed to jolt right away at this, as if excited. Paula asked the first question, is anyone there? And the planchette immediately slid over to the word C. The teenagers yelped in excitement. And what is your name? Paula added eagerly. The planchette jumped to life once more and moved all over the board, touching different letters and spelling out the words, El Hombre Espejo, or The Mirror Man. The young ladies were thrilled to keep asking questions, but their abuela, their grandmother, called them inside to go to bed. Disappointed, they reluctantly came back inside the house. Paola was getting ready for bed when she realized they had left the board sitting outside. She went to go get it and found the back door wide open. She grabbed the board and closed the door behind her, not noticing anything else out of the ordinary. Paola went into the bathroom and brushed her teeth. As she did, she glanced in the mirror. She was startled to find a man standing behind her who looked so badly bruised he could have been hit by a car. His eyes were blackened, his nose dripped blood, and his mouth had blood crusted all around it. Slowly, his cracked lips formed a crooked smile. It was terrifying. Paula opened her mouth to scream, turning around to face him. He was gone. She turned back to the mirror and there he was again, leering back at her. Paula shouted for her abuela, who came running into the bathroom, but she didn't see the horrid reflection and sent Paula to bed. She warned, this is what you get for playing with those silly, creepy toys. Paula didn't sleep a wink that night. Every time she closed her eyes, she saw those dead black eyes and disgusting smile. She kept her eyes open, but that didn't help either. She could still feel him looking at her, even if she couldn't see him. Even back in her own home, everything that had any sort of reflection showed the horror of El Hombre Espejo. Her laptop screen, her mirror, her clock face, even her cell phone. Paola couldn't escape the image of the bloody, battered man. After many sleepless nights, 
Paolo went to the bathroom, and when she saw the man again, she punched the mirror, cutting her hand open and leaving blood everywhere. The man's face appeared to change slightly. His eyes looked less bruised and some color returned to his face. A mangled arm took shape, reached through the glass and grabbed Paola's throat. Necesito tu sangre. I need your blood, he murmured in a gravelly voice. Necesito tu sangre. His hand tightened on her throat as his other arm reached out from the glass, grabbing a large glass shard and heading straight for her. Just as the glass touched her skin, Paola wrestled herself free and ran into her mom's bedroom, screaming. Her mom helped her clean up her wounds and inspected Paola's bathroom. Aside from the broken mirror, mom saw nothing unusual. But Paola was so traumatized that her mom allowed her to sleep in her bed with her. Over the next few days, Paola saw the man everywhere, and he was after her blood. He kept repeating it whenever he would appear to her. Paola was so frightened she could not be alone and remained glued to her mom's side for days, convinced that if she was ever left alone with El Hombre Espejo, he would drain the blood from her body and leave her for dead. Finally, Paola's mom had a priest come into the house. The hope was to finally free her and expel this evil spirit. He brought relics and candles and recited a prayer many times over. The priest told Paola that she was not crazy. Her blood summoned the demonic spirit of the mirror man to the Ouija board. He warned her that it wasn't a toy and that Ouija board and the spirit it summoned could have killed her. After many days, the priest finished his rituals and finally, Paola was no longer haunted by Alambre Espejo. She vowed never to touch a Ouija board again. Her cousins, however, didn't believe Paola was ever haunted and one night decided to try the Ouija board once again, just to see what would happen. Thank you so much, Isaac, for inspiring this Ouija board tale. It feels like we haven't had one of those in a while. How about you, listener? Have you ever used a Ouija board? Did the people you use it with take the board seriously? What would you do if you conjured the mirror man? I've had a Ouija board experience. It was horrific, and this was years ago. And to this day, I have never touched one again. Evil hides its form in many different ways. Greed, gluttony, and envy, to name a few. But when it masquerades itself as lust, you can hardly blame a person who falls for the devil itself. Inspired by Zamira. It was a community tradition that the young adults of Nuevo Leon in Monterrey, Mexico would gather every Saturday night for dancing. This was a chance for everyone to mingle and if one was lucky enough, to find their soulmate. One evening, best friends Irma and Angelita attended the fiesta. Angelita was the life of the party while Irma was quiet and shy and always had trouble finding a dance partner. 
but this particular night would change all that. While the girls were chatting, a dashing young man walked into the square. The town was small enough that everyone knew immediately he was a newcomer. As the girls whispered about his charm, he and Irma locked eyes. Irma practically melted. Angelita watched this and immediately dragged Irma onto the dance floor and started spinning her around, only to spin her right into the stranger. It was obvious what Angelita was up to, but in that moment, holding on to the man's arm, trying to steady herself, Irma didn't care about anything else in the world. The man asked, Te gustaría bailar? She accepted his offer, and so together, they danced. People were constantly changing partners throughout the night, but not these two. At first, Angelita was pleased for Irma, but when Angelita looked closer at the young man's eyes, she was startled to find they were pure red. That's when the man pulled Irma even closer, as if to say she belonged to him now. Angelita tried to intervene, but the man seemed to control the room. Dancers would speed up or slow down to get in Angelita's way. Irma didn't seem to notice because she was in some sort of trance. She stared at her new beau without blinking. Angelita tried to scream to her, but no sound would come out of her mouth. She tried again and again until her throat was on fire, but still no sound. Angelita suddenly couldn't breathe. Her lungs collapsed and she fell to her knees. Her eyes desperately searched for Irma and the man. She finally spotted Irma's dress and heels, but the person she danced with was not a person at all. From the ankles down, the man had one hoof and one chicken claw. Horrified, she glared up at him, no longer the handsome man, but the gruesome face of the devil himself. She gasped for air and frantically dug through her purse. Everything darkened. She was losing consciousness from lack of oxygen. She pushed through the darkness and her hand finally found what she needed inside, her rosary. She held it tight and with her last thoughts, she prayed, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Within seconds, the devil's spell was lifted The dancers stopped dancing and found Angelita on the floor in tears. They tried to help her, but all she wanted was to get to her best friend, Irma. She called out her name, and this time, her voice worked. As the crowd parted, she looked where Irma had stood, but instead, she laid there on the ground, cold as ice and gone forever from this world. Angelita demanded they find the man but no one knew who she meant. Even the ladies who had whispered about him earlier seemed to have completely forgotten him. There was no explanation for what happened that night. The autopsy concluded that Irma died of hypothermia. Hypothermia is caused by prolonged exposures to very cold temperatures, which made no sense to anyone. And Halita never stopped blaming herself for bringing Irma onto that dance floor. To this day, Angelita, who is well into her 60s, still sees the devil with red eyes from time to time and always tells her family about that tragic night to warn them. The devil could come for a dance, 
when they least expected it. Thank you so much, Samira, for sharing this tale with us. Everyone thinks that hell has to be a place of fire. Well, what if it is exactly the opposite? What if every day is a snow day in hell? Listener, are you the more outgoing friend or the more introverted one? Have you ever been so charmed by someone that you miss their flaws? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? It's the things we love the most that can destroy us when we least expect it. Protect your heart, but be careful with the hearts of others. Because those destroyed by love can often return with a thirst for vengeance. In the early 1920s, a young nurse named Eulalia began working at the hospital Juarez. She was devoted to her patients and extremely tidy, her uniform perfectly ironed and not a hair out of place. One day, a new doctor arrived named Joaquin. He was charming and immediately took a liking to Eulalia. She ignored his advances, as many of the other nurses warned that he was a ladies' man. But after long shifts and late nights working together, romance found a way, and the two began secretly seeing each other. This was Eulalia's first love, the kind that sweeps you away and engulfs you at the same time. The doctor was called away for a two-week seminar, He asked Eulalia if she would press all of his clothes and help him pack, complimenting her talent at keeping a wardrobe pristine. She lovingly obliged and sent him on his way. Within days, she felt the pain of missing him, so after her months of secrecy, she confided in a fellow nurse. The nurse, alarmed, had some terrible news. Joaquin wasn't at a seminar. Joaquin was getting married and would be on his honeymoon for two weeks. He then put in his resignation at Hospital Juarez to work closer to his wife's family. Eulalia felt ill. She had never felt this pain before. A deep melancholy settled in, and when she would work, she frequently made mistakes. Those mistakes got worse and worse, until one night, a patient died because she gave them medication they were allergic to. The guilt was unbearable. She saw no way out, and using her medical know-how ended her own life. The staff found her body lying on top of the hospital bed of the patient she had accidentally killed. She laid there, her uniform crisp white. Such a tragedy. Everyone mourned. A few years later, the now-married Dr. Joaquin returned to the hospital. No one spoke a word about Eulalia to him, but everyone knew. He could feel their judgment. This is when strange things began to happen. Whenever the doctor was alone in the hospital, the temperature would drop. He was followed by disembodied whispers, and a few times, medical instruments would drop on the floor around him. Then, in the dead of night, the doctor was called in for an emergency surgery. While performing the surgery, it felt like someone was standing behind him the entire time. The surgery went well, but the patient had lost too much blood. There was almost no chance of survival. Yet, 
When the doctor returned the next morning, the staff was all abuzz. The patient was sitting up and preening for the nurses. His vitals were perfect. The old man saw the surprise on the doctor's face, astounded. The doctor said how the staff here are very good at what they do. The man then said, especially the young nurse, the one who stayed with me all night. The doctor looked confused as all the female nurses were older. The old man clarified, the pretty one with the perfect uniform, Eulalia. She said her name was Eulalia. Chills ran down the doctor's spine. Terrified, he left to hide in his office. He locked the door and even braced a chair under the doorknob, then listened at it to see if he could hear anything. Nothing. It was silent. He caught his breath, then felt eyes piercing through his back. As he slowly turned around, there she was, standing there, inches from his face. Eulalia. She looked the same, but her eyes were hollowed out, filled with blackness. He couldn't speak. He went to reach out to her, almost lovingly. She grabbed his hand with one hand and from behind her back, she pulled out an iron. She pulled him to her and taking the red hot iron, slammed it into his face. He screamed and screamed as she kept pressing the iron all over his body. Smoke lifted from it, his skin scorched onto the surface of it. He couldn't escape her grasp, nor the searing heat of the molten metal. This went on for almost an hour. And just outside the door, the entire staff, hearing his cries for help, carried on as if they hadn't heard a peep. To this day, his death in that locked room has never been officially explained. As for the hospital, patients have started calling a presence that appears at night, the Ironed Lady, or La Planchada. And since Eulalia's ghostly return, not a single patient has died in the middle of the night. And every morning, the nurses' uniforms are laid out, bright white, and pressed to perfection. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.